Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to On the Preds. With me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports. And my co-host, as always, Sean Smith. Um, we are back and the Predators are back because it is time to get the final stretch of hockey underway. All-Star break is behind us and now the real fun begins. Sean, how's it going? Alex, it's going really well. Um, you know, you kind of get excited, you know, you get the break with the All-Star game and everything. And that's, that's an exciting time for the players. Um, after you've kind of been going through the grind of the season, it's nice to have a little bit of time just just to catch your breath, you know, make sure you're kind of geared up for the rest of the season. But then when it's time for the boys to hit the ice again, it's like, you know what, let's let's do this. Let's get this done. Let's close this season out strong on the coverage side and let's make things happen. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it starts tomorrow. So we're recording on Monday as usual. And uh, Tuesday, the Predators take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Tough team to play coming off a break because they're a good team and uh, always been a team that has given you fits and uh, believe that they beat the Predators last time they played. So um, uh, there, there are, we're going to talk today about kind of what the Predators need to do in the final 34 games in order to make the playoffs, if that is their goal, assuming that it is. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some news today about a signing and what that means for the future because the Predators are, they made a decision today that I think impacts how next year is going to go. Um, it's not a major one, but it, it does, it's not insignificant. I mean, it will affect a few things next year. So we'll talk about that as well. But I guess, first of all, um, so there's 34 games left. And I wanted to point this out because I think it's good to have perspective on what it is the, the Predators have to do in order to make the playoffs and really demonstrates how uh, difficult this is going to be. I mean, like they, they've really put themselves in a position where they, they are not, they're not sitting pretty. Right. I mean, they've got a lot of work yeah. to do. They've got to climb some people. And I mean, they're, they're in fifth place in the, in the central, but in the wild card. Um, so they're, they're fifth place in central. They're, they're quite a few points behind the third place team, Minnesota. But they are, let's see, they're currently only three points back of Colorado for the wild card. But it's like, I mean, Calgary, Colorado, Edmonton, St. Louis, Vancouver's not really in it. All those teams, and then Vegas is up there. Like, all those teams are right there. So it's, it's you, you've got a, a really tough situation. So here's how I put it. They have 54 points, points currently. They are probably going to need to get to the 98-point mark by end of season Yeah, in order to make the playoffs. So 98 points, uh, that means 44 points in the final 34 games. That might not sound like a lot, but that is a pretty monumental task. Um, 
I mean, 22 wins would get you there, but 22 wins out of 34 games is really humming along. That's that's like really, really solid play. I mean, that's like you're one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen. I, I just I can't see this team rolling off 22 wins in the final 34 games, especially looking at the schedule. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, is this, is this like, is this too hard of a, a hill to climb? I think when you start looking at it and you have to be realistic, you know, it's nice to say mm-hmm. earlier in the season, well, you know, by the time the it's crunch time, then they'll be in a good position or, or something like that. But the, the reality here is that there's been enough mediocrity leading up to this point that you're not exactly feeling inspired about their ability to rip off as, as many points as they need in order to make it. So I think if this is, you know, if you're looking at this, uh, say a third of the way into the season, as opposed to, you know, five eighths of the way through the season or however the math lines up at this point, you could say, you know, they're going to have to play at a, at a pretty strong pace in order to do this, but you're kind of reaching the point where, there's not as many games left as you'd like to be able to make up that kind of point. And because you're this deep into it, you really have to start looking at, well, how do these other teams play? Because the teams that are around you ideally want to make the playoffs as well. These aren't teams that are in the, uh, the chase for the, for the bottom in order to get a higher draft pick. These are teams that are in the same boat. They want to do well. They obviously want to make the playoffs. Um, some of them are coming out of rebuild. Some of them may be heading that way. And so they all have different things to prove. So you have to assume that it's not just the Predators that are going to be doing their best to try to get that last spot, but the other teams as well. So it's not just like, oh, well, these teams will just continue on the path they've been on. You're going to see a change in approach from some of them after this All-Star break as well. So really, it just depends on can the Predators outpace their competition. And and there's going to be... There's going to be points. Uh, there's going to be uh, three-point games. I mean, you're going to play some teams that you're going to go to yep. overtime with. I mean, those games you can no longer just say, "Well, we'll take the extra the the, the single point." Yeah. Yep. Um, that Nashville really has to get every single point that it can get. I mean, it, it, the, the schedule, the you know, the way the schedule kind of breaks out, it's like I think I, I calculated it. They have. I want to say 12 of their 34 are against bad teams. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, let's see. Of their of their third, final 34 games, 20, yeah, 20 of them are against teams with better odds to make the playoffs right now. So teams pretty much above them. Right. 14 are against bad teams. So, like, those 14 games, you need to, to win those. I mean, like, yeah, if you win, hands you win, down. Yeah, if you win those, that would get that would do really that would get go a long way. But it still won't do it. I mean, you still need no. more points than that. You you can you can beat all those teams, and uh, still not be there. So you're gonna have to beat some good teams, and you know probably quite a few of them. Um, it's like I, I I again I think that the task ahead is a tall one. Are you are you at all inspired? You know, you said you didn't you didn't feel like you saw that happening. Are you at all inspired by the way the team played uh, in the last three games before the break where they were able to beat some teams that were pretty good? Do you feel encouraged by that? Or do you feel like now that they've done that and they've had a long break that it's going to be harder for them to get that momentum back as opposed to if they had just been able to keep playing? I don't know. I think that I think they were 
they were finding something that wasn't there before against New Jersey and against um, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. It was. It definitely looked better. I mean, like they they were winning games um, completely. You know, they were they were kind of yeah. dominating for a while. Uh, so yeah, I, I, maybe a little bit. I, I think there's there's there are some pieces putting uh, you know falling together that I think are 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 improving. Um, I don't think that they could play even that well and still. I mean, you know, if they play the, the New Jersey game stands out as one that was maybe a little bit better in terms of their overall play. I think they did really well in that game. And you know, if they played like that, I could see them winning a lot of games, but. You know, we've we've seen that before. We've seen a couple stretches, and then you know they go out tomorrow against Vegas, and then just look bad. It's like you're back to, yeah, you're back to falling down. Yeah, I agree. I, I so, was I was going to say after your answer that I'm not, um, I'm not super confident, honestly. Um, I, and I hate that it's probably going to come down to one of those situations, like it tends to have done the past several seasons, where it's the last couple of games and you're relying on the predators to do well and you're counting on some other teams to not do well um, in, a, in an effort, in an attempt, in a hope to just squeak into that last uh, wild card spot. And that's, that's not the situation you want to be in year after year. Yeah. The division, I go back and forth between whether the division or the wild card is really what they need to chase. I mean, the division only four points back in Minnesota, but Winnipeg and Dallas are pretty far ahead. Yeah. And then there's Colorado, you know, if they get healthy, it's just, I, I still, I think that there's not even, it's, it, they, there's nothing right now that tells me the predators will be able to just continue that rate and just climb the, climb the ladder. I, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't see it right now. Um, and then, and then even returning back to play, I mean, like they have, they have Vegas and then they have all the rest of the week off and then they have Philly on Saturday. Let's say they lose to Vegas, and then somehow they go in on the, into Philly and lose to the Flyers. Boy, that would change the outlook in tremendously. I mean, like just yeah. those—if they lost those two games, I think that changes the the outlook dramatically. Then you've got to win twenty-two out of thirty-two, or like twenty, twenty at least twenty games out of your final thirty-two uh, game, twenty wins out of your final thirty-two games in order to just make the playoffs. And these are estimates, right? I mean, maybe there's some wiggle room there, but that would be that would be disastrous. Yeah. So it starts this week. I mean, they can't they can't get away from they cannot drop any points. They need to start building on it, continue, yeah. continue continuing, right? It starts it starts right now, Alex. Yeah. It there's does. no time. No time to waste. No time <laughs> um, for showing each other vacation pictures and telling engagement stories, Alex. It's time to play hockey. That's what yeah. they've got to do. The uh, best yeah. hockey they've ever played. So I, I did talk to Cody Glass about his engagement. Yeah, it was a pretty good conversation. He was. Uh, uh, I won't share. I won't share everything, but he basically said that he had been wanting to do it for a while, and that he had. Uh, he was, well, he walked around for a while with the ring in his pocket for like three days. They went Ooh. to Disney World. And this is just a little bit of t a little tidbit, a little bit of information just for the podcast listeners. Whoa, hey! I told Sean, he said they went to Disney World and they went to Epcot, Epcot Center. And do you know which section? You already know. I already know. We all know Epcot Center has all the different countries, right? 
well, of course, Cody Glass did it, or like the proposal happened at the Canada section of Epcot Center, which I thought that was perfect. Well, it's 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 heartwarming. Uh, I I always think when you have a proposal like that, you know, uh, have you seen the movie Mallrats? Have you seen the movie Mallrats, Alex? I actually have not seen that. Movie. Second 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 Kevin Smith film. Um, you know, it holds an interesting place in cinematic history, but I believe uh, one of the parts of the movie was that one of the main characters was going to take his his uh, girlfriend to maybe Universal Studios and propose to her when Jaws pops out of the water. And the comment is, um, women want adventure and excitement, not Mr. Toad's wild ride. Okay. And the response is, hey, everyone wants Mr. Toad's wild ride. So this is a solid engagement. I approve and I support it. Yeah. A thousand percent. I, th- I think he's, he seems, he seems pretty happy and it's, uh, that's good to see. Um, we may talk a little bit more about Mr. Glass a little bit later on in the show um, about something coming that happened recently, but uh, let's first tell the fine folks about relax the back, because Ooh. that's also uh, like getting married, a, uh, a big decision, right? deciding whether or not you want to live better, feel better, and sleep better every day. Big decision. I think you choose to do those things. And if you want to do those things, you got to go to Relax the Back. The store is in Green Hills, 2020 Glen Echo Road. Uh, Walk in there and you will see, as we've been talking about on this show for a year now, and just recently found out another year of that is coming. So we're very happy about that. Uh, but they have tons of customized comfort options for the office, for relaxing at home, for sleeping at night, ergonomic office chairs, zero gravity chairs, all of them perfect for getting your spine in the correct position so you can work better every day. That's the work better part. What about the sleep better part? If you want better sleep options for when you're trying to go to sleep at night, they have them. And I'll show you on the screen right now. If you're watching on the YouTube, you can see here are some beautiful beds that they have to, ch- to try out, Tempur-Pedic and techno gel beds along with the wedge systems and the pillows to get your 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 neck right and your head right while the bed is getting your spine right that's the most important part the correct natural position for sleeping but you just got to check it all out go to relax the back store in green hills 2020 glen echo road a sleep agent is on hand every day talk to glenn he owns the store and he will tell you all about the four pillars of wellness healthy sleep healthy body healthy work and healthy mind Okay, Sean, tell everybody yes. what Predators did today that happened sometime today and uh, that, that they would want to know about. Um, gosh, Alex, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Alex, I don't know if you knew either. Um, put a little article out about it over at uh, a to zsports.com. Um, but it appears as though Predators general manager David Poyle and forward Cole Smith were able to come to terms on a one-year contract that will keep him in Nashville next season. $775,000 for the year, and it is a one-way contract. So a one-way contract means he will be in Nashville next year. He will be on the roster. He will be playing for the Predators. Yes. Unless, you know, injury or anything. I mean, Right. Presuming no other bad things happen, he will be next in the on the Predators next year. So, 
this is a non uh this this is a <laughs> a news story that definitely had a lot of people reacting and and as, as you might expect because Cole Smith has become almost a meme in Nashville yeah because of his inability to score a goal for a very long time and then there were some comments made about him on Twitter and then comments made about him by certain members of the media and it's been a long a long ride I, you know I I've talked with Cole Smith several times now I know you have as well and it's you know, I, I think I think the guy has a certain level of like stoicism about the whole situation. I mean, he he does not seem to be all that bothered by any of this. No, but uh, it it is still a very curious move, and I think the timing of it is also weird. And so. I don't know if you have a uh, if you have a hot take right off the bat that you want to go out with uh, on on Cole Smith here, but uh, if you, I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll go into my thing. Well, I I know I know what you're going to get into, and so I don't want to step on your toes, but I, I'll say this: it's a six figure signing. It's a league minimum signing. It's it's not something that, I mean, I'm going to say this, and a lot of people will still get upset about it, but. You have to have some players like that on your team. You have to have some players like that that will come in and do the jobs that I don't want to say that nobody else wants to do because there are going to be people that would be more than willing to do those jobs. But it's not a glamorous position to be a fourth liner who is defensively minded. You know, you've got to have somebody who's willing to come in, play those minutes, take those assignments, take those responsibilities and do well with them. And we've seen in the past there have been plenty of fourth line forwards who have been very good at taking penalties and, and, you know, third pairing defenders who have been very good at trying to make up for their speed with their stick. And that causes a lot of trips to the penalty box, which turns into a lot of penalty kills, which turns into a lot of power play goals by the opposition. And so you've got someone on the team who comes from, let's be realistic. He's undrafted. You know, he doesn't have this big major pedigree. He played at UND. That's that's a that's a pretty good feather in your cap. And he had a good career there. And he played really well in the AHL last season. So it's not like he has nothing to rest on. You know, he's he's got some laurels, but he's playing at a higher level and he's doing, I think, defensively a, a solid job. Um, it's somebody they know. It's somebody they know is going to grind. It's somebody they know is going to come in and is willing to lay it all on the line for the team. And quite frankly, at a pretty solid price. Yeah, the price, I mean, no one can complain about the price because it's, it's almost, almost the exact minimum you can pay. I, I think that the, the, the bigger issue is these mid-season signings where you are signing a player who, I mean, there, there is, this has happened several times for the, for the Predators in the past where they've signed a player that they probably could have just waited until the summer, seen what else was out there, and then made the decision. Because, I mean, the, just in terms of negotiation, Cole Smith is, is on this team. I, I think most people think, and I, I think this is probably accurate, that if he were to be a UFA and to test the free agent market, Nashville would stand just as much of a chance to land him should they so choose in July as they would in now. I mean, like obviously right now they're the only ones that can negotiate with him, 
but you know, I, I the, the the urgency to sign a Cole Smith right now doesn't make much sense, considering you already have a pretty complex puzzle to solve, money wise and also roster size wise or roster spot wise. So it just they it's almost like they had a really complicated puzzle and they just went ahead and just glued a piece to the to the board and were like. Well, this piece is going to be here no matter what. So we're going to have to build the rest of the puzzle around this one. It, it doesn't make much sense. Why would you do this now? Um, you know, that that's setting that aside. The, John Hines clearly, clearly is a big fan of Cole Smith, wants to play him. That is has never been um, argued. That is very clearly the case. So John Hines is going to be here next year. He wants his guy. So he's got his guy. That's going to be, he's going to be right. So, so Cole Smith is going to play next year, right? I mean, like, there's there's no way around that. But the 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 the, the number number wise, all right. So I just looked on on Cap Friendly. So the Predators now have nine forwards locked into next year. Nine of let's say they were going to carry fourteen because they've basically been rolling with thirteen this year. Maybe they have seven or eight defense. So let's say it's fourteen. Nine of their fourteen forward spots. Um, let, actually, let's say it's 13 because they're, they're carrying 13 right now. So nine of their 13 forward spots are locked in. Nine of their 13. So there's at least four remaining. Uh, Cody Glass is, in my opinion, a 100% lock. He will be here next year. They will sign Cody Glass. I mean, he's an RFA. Obviously, he's going to be here. But I think it's like stone cold lock. <clears throat> Tanner Janot, same thing with him. I, I think that's pretty clearly there. I I think it's like more like 90%, but I think he's probably going to be here as well. Um, Tommy Novak, I think pretty sure he's going to be back. I'm like 80% on that, maybe. Less sure than Janot, but I, I I think, right? Only because there was that weird gap last year where he just didn't play. Yeah. So like maybe maybe that happens again. I don't know. I don't know. But so let's say that those three are, are, are going to be here. Glass, Jano, Novak. So that's 12 of your 13 forwards. Who, whoever that 13th forward is, right now that would be Jankowski, but he's a UFA. I mean, I think a lot of people would just peg that as being Tomasino, but uh, but I, I guess my point is uh, you've essentially shut yourself out of any – free agency for Fords. You are now saying to the world, we are not going to even dive into any free agency stuff. We're not going to try to drive prices up. We're not going to try to shop around. We're not going to try to go find better players unless there's a trade coming that, you know, you've said, Nope, our Ford crew is basically locked. Okay. Thoughts. Well, if that's the case, you know, and you're, you're essentially saying we're good on forwards, then that's not very encouraging. No. I don't think. That's an issue. That's a problem for this team. Yeah. You know, the, the forward core has not produced uh, offensively at a level that you would expect, especially when compared to last season. Um, and kind of doubling down on that same crew and – saying we're going to keep some of these guys, especially, you know, saying, hey, we're going to keep Cole Smith. And I'll take everything I said before, that still holds true. But if you're looking for offensive production, 
that's not the place to look. Yeah. And if you're not going to look anywhere else, where is it going to come from, Alex? Yeah. I mean, they do have, so and the, the money side that I was talking about earlier. So like I, I, I mentioned this, I should pay, pay off that I mentioned it. They have around 11 million, maybe a little bit. It's a little less than 12 million left. So like of that, they've got to sign Cody Glass. They've got to sign uh, Tanner Janot. They've got to sign Tommy Novak. Those are all three RFAs, all three of which are arbitration eligible. So they could go to arbitration. Um, let's say that combined, those guys take up $6 million. That might be a little conservative but let's say that half of that 11.9 million is taken up by those three guys, Cody Glass, Tanner Janot, Tommy Novak. I think that's probably pretty close. Um, then that leaves six million, less than 6 million for your other two big RFAs, uh, Dante Fabro and Alex Carrier. I don't think it's enough to keep both of them. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously Dante Fabro gets at least 2.4. Um, I think they want to sign Alex Carrier to maybe a long-term deal. I mean, maybe, maybe that's enough. Maybe maybe the money is not as bad as I'm thinking now that I'm talking now. But I, I, I still think that they've put themselves in a position where they now have less room. They have, the same, they have a decent amount of money, but they have less room to do it. Like, they, they have to make – they've kind of locked themselves into uh, their roster for next year in terms of spots. Yeah. You're right. It's a problem. And, uh, by the way, that, that – they also don't have a backup goalie for next year. I mean, people yeah. might think that they have uh, intentions of rolling with ass a scare off next year, but you know, I mean, and maybe, maybe they do that, but I don't, I don't know that they think he's ready though. Um, you know, they've, they've gotten with Kevin Lincoln in this season, just a one-year contract at a reasonable price. Um, they've gotten really good value. Um, out of a backup goaltender. If you take into consideration what they were dealing with last season with Riddick as a backup, this is a massive upgrade. And my concern is with Lankinen having a contract that expires, he's going to look awfully good to a lot of other teams carrying those kind of numbers, especially when, as we looked at the underlying defensive numbers with Nashville, have not been great. This tells you that Lankanen is a goaltender you could bring into your organization and he could uh, be a difference maker for your team. So, you know, I don't think they're, even if they wanted to keep him, I don't know if they could afford it. Yeah. It's just, I think, I think they, they might think a scare off is ready. I don't know. I don't remember. So Soros had a year in Milwaukee and then like basically two years where he didn't do anything behind Rene, like very yeah. spot starts. Let me double check that. Yeah. It, 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 his, his development was very long. Yeah. But Skirov is just a different prospect. Yeah. He had a full year in Milwaukee and then 21 games in his really 20, his 21 year old year, 26, 31, 40. So, like, a scare-off would be more like, maybe, yeah. I, I, he, could, he could definitely be ready next year. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, 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 he's ahead, of, ahead of Soros in terms of his debut. And um, he's obviously, like, I, I, I think he's definitely a higher um, ceiling prospect than even Soros. But anyways, 
the goaltending thing is really less of less of less important uh, for this conversation. But I just think right. back to the the Ford thing. I, I just think that this this decision is really strange because you've you've now before before you're even done with this year, you have already decided that most of my forward spots for next year, especially because the three, it's really 12. It's really 12 of your 13 forward spots because those RFAs are going to be on the team next year. Uh, 12 of your 13 forward spots, you're just saying, yep, all these guys are going to be back. Well, that's I mean, a but very you're still, decision. But we're also going on the assumption that nobody gets traded. Nobody gets traded, right. So so that that was why I said earlier today, I mean, it just, it does feel like someone's going to get traded. Yeah. I don't know if by the deadline or if after the season before the draft or at the draft or, you know, there's a lot of options there, but it, you know, you've, you've already locked yourself on oh, why, you know, why, if you were going to do a trade, you didn't need to sign Cole Smith to this deal. Now still, you could do that in July. Again, he's probably not going to have a lot of people knocking on the door and you could just be like, Hey, Let's talk in July. We'll, we want you back, but we want to look at some other options first. You're, you're right. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a head scratcher. Yeah. Um, so that being said, if you're hoping next year for a different forward core, as of right now, it doesn't look like that way. <laughs> better, better hope for some trades then, kids. Yeah. Defensively, you know, four of the guys are locked up. I mean, so it's like Yossi, uh, McDonough, Ekholm, Lozon. I, mean, I think we're all kind of assuming that Borbietsky's going to retire or not be back. Or Don't know. I mean, yeah. contract's up. Hasn't played um, since the injury. I think, I think, I think he's probably not going to be back. Um so then it's like who you know Fabro or Carrier, assuming that it's one of those two, probably Carrier, Kevin Gravel, Jordan Gross. That's the other other seventh defenseman. Maybe. I don't know. Sixth defenseman. Sorry. Gross. Gross hasn't been bad. The defensive prospects right now is kind of a tricky situation because it's like you know how how far. I I like the idea of of Prokop and and. Matir and uh, who's the other guy? Um, the really young guys. Uh, Ufko, Ufko, Ryan Ufko. Ufko, yeah. Like those guys are probably several years away, right? I mean, I don't think those guys are. I would say, in. yeah. They're not plug in next year. I mean, those guys are no. good, but. Yeah, they're not. They're not next year guys. Probably I don't not. think. I'm not the expert on that though, but. But there we go. So um, this week, the Predators have um, Vegas tomorrow night, Tuesday, and then Saturday at Philadelphia. So we're running into another thing where the Predators play next Monday against Arizona. So uh, are we recording next Sunday? Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. We're not There's a football game. game that night, Alex. I don't we'll, know if you're we'll aware. A show maybe we go maybe we go during the well one of us is going to be at the game i'll be at that game it's the it's the uh, pk retirement game or yeah uh, they're honoring pk that game yeah um we'll figure it out we've got time 
Okay. All right. We'll figure that yeah. out. So we'll be back next week. We just don't know exactly when. Maybe Tuesday. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, until then, thanks for for listening. We really appreciate everyone who listens to the show and and or watches the show. Uh, you can check out all of our Preds coverage on a to z sports.com. We have a lot of stuff there. Go check it out. Um, every you know every day, pretty much every other day, every day we post something. So go read it there. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at alex31. Follow Sean at scsnsh. And we'll see everybody next week.